This is Kristen Nicole Young, and you're listening to the Headbands and Hard Truth Podcast. Today, I have Justin Young, my husband, as the guest today, and we're just going to be having a conversation about submission in marriage and just the roles in marriage and what that looks like practically, um, how much we sucked at it in the beginning, and we're still not perfect at it, um, but the Lord has taught us a lot along the way, um, and so we love. this is one of the things that we love to talk about, so... Um, we are going to be talking about submission and marriage today. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I'm right now wearing a headband in honor of this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let her do the hard truth part, and I'm just going to bring it home with the headband. You're lying. <laughs> um, so, like I said, we are not perfect at this at all. Um, this actually has been a pretty big point of tension in our marriage, um, from the get-go. So we both have really strong personalities and we're both very opinionated, very bullheaded, very, um, we're both leaders. And so, um, entering into marriage and this whole submission thing and like, you know, submitting to my husband and his decisions for our family and which we'll get into you know, what that looks like in a little bit, but all of that was a very difficult for me and it is still sometimes. Um, but it was very challenging in the beginning and I think our roles got mixed up a lot and it caused a lot of, um, strife and just not working how marriage is like should look. And we were frustrated at each other all the time and it just, it did not feel synergistic, if you will. Um, so yeah, that's something that we've really struggled with, um, definitely early on in our marriage. Yeah, I, I think early it was like, is, if this is what we signed up for, I, where how do we unsign? I mean, just to be honest in the beginning, because <laughs> yeah. we were not jiving <laughs> mm-hmm. and thriving in our roles. And so... Um, yeah, I think it, I mean, it, it, it all stemmed from, uh, both of our lack of understanding of those roles. Uh, and then also just, I think it starts even before that, at just what biblical womanhood and biblical manhood looks like, because, um, I think to some degree, me probably more so than Kristen came into marriage, like not even with a great view on you know, great understanding of what just being a, a biblical man looks like. And so when you come into marriage confused as to who you are and how you're supposed to operate, and then you hear these things, uh, they, they require the base level characteristics of biblical manhood before you're able to step into um, some of those, you know, marital principles. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, to... I think you're so right. Like, we just did not really grasp on to what it really meant to be, like, to embrace a biblical man or a biblical woman and then what that looked like in marriage. I think that was really spot on and so true. And I think you said this in the car the other day when we were kind of talking through these things. 
that um, it's so important for men. Well, you were specifically talking about men since you're a man. And um, you were mentioning how important it is for men to prepare for marriage um, just because it's so, like, it's just incredibly difficult when you don't know what biblical manhood or biblical womanhood is going into marriage and then trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think I'll, right before we started recording today, I, I made the point that I really believe in my heart of hearts what America, our world, needs more than anything is to have strong families. Um, and as you look at the biblical model of marriages, which are, you know, the foundation for families to be built upon, um, when you look at that and you see that the biblical model of marriage calls for uh, you know, headship and leadership from the husband, um, then you have to, you have to look at, okay, so if, if the husband is the leader and supposed to be, supposed to be the one, um, valiantly leading the charge, uh, they need to have a good head on their shoulders. But the problem is the world has greatly confused the role of a man and it, and it's almost become demonized to a point um, and the world need better families, but they also, they just need better men to lead those families. Um, because at the end of the day, confused men, uh, they just create problems. They create big problems. Uh, men need clarity. Uh, and when we don't have that clarity, it, it leads to destruction ultimately. And, you, and at the end of the day, you end up settling for less than what God God has for you and so there's a time in all of this and I'll wrap my little man spiel up here but in, in 1 Corinthians 13 1 it says when I was a child I used to walk like a child speak like a child and reason as a child but when I became a man I gave up the childish things and as I read that I I kind of question like what are those childish things that he gave up that he's referring to um and it's hard to say a specific list, but at the end of the day, it it comes down to at some point the boy in you has to die, and me had to die, uh, to be able to step into to manhood. And so you have to give up the things that you love to do as a quote unquote boy, uh, mm-hmm. if you want, uh, you know the 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 blessing of manhood. And so. Yeah, I think that's kind of overview of the man side yeah, of it. That's really good. And I think it would help. I'll talk about biblical womanhood also, but I think it would really help like if we shared maybe a little bit of like what our marriage looked like and what we kind of looked like early on and you know, you're talking about the the boyish things and you had to die like can you just kind of give insight and explanation a little bit on like how did you used to, like, what part of you had to die and how did you used to handle leadership in marriage or lack of leadership in marriage that you could shed a light on? Yeah, the part of me that had to die is that I really liked to do whatever I wanted to do, uh, pretty much whenever I wanted to do it. <laughs> and so <laughs> that just needed to die pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, specifically it was... Um, yeah, it was. It was doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. It was also uh, choosing 
to hang with the bros and prioritize that friendship over Kristen a lot. Um, it was, uh, you know, passive aggressive. It was uh, angry and all, all those things. I mean, yeah, I just all those things that think about your kids, like your kids, the temper tantrums, uh, your kids oftentimes, uh, disobey your kids oftentimes don't see the big picture and choose, uh, something that's temporarily seems better, but it's not really better. So all those things that you see when you see your kids, uh, in those ways have to die for you to be able to step into that. And so it's being disciplined. It's being, self-control that's being selfless and sacrificial and all those things yeah thanks for sharing and I think it's really I think it's only fair to share that it was two-sided as well because while I looked at Justin and thought well I don't want to follow you like you I don't I don't think that you're worth following like we there were many years of our relationship of our marriage in the beginning where I just thought that he wasn't worth following and so I, I, on the other hand, became controlling and um, just, I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll wear the pants in the family. Not the pants in the sense of like, Justin is passive and I needed to take charge, but it was more of like, um, I guess like spiritual leadership. Yeah, um, I wasn't, I wasn't truly, you know, walking with the Lord and um, I didn't have, uh <laughs> He was not the highest priority in my life it, by any stretch of the imagination. And I and I had no really desire for him to be at the time. And, you know, through a lot of things through the years, um, getting sober, being a, a big part of that. But um, was able to know what that really even looks like and, and feels like and all those things. But yeah. Yeah. So I spent a lot of those times like I think resentful um and that like and with a lot of bitterness which you know if you have heard anything about bitterness you know it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die it is just like it just eats away your soul and so I just became I just was resentful and bitter and so I almost took the approach of like um kind of just being unaffected almost so I was like controlling and being unaffected of like you're I'm not gonna let you get to me kind of thing you know almost like being closed off and um kind of walled up and in in a defense mechanism kind of way and so um anything spiritual uh I tried to lead out in but it was almost from a I mean it was from a place of like I desired to to follow the Lord and have a marriage like his but it was also like well you're not doing your job so I'm gonna have to do my job and your job and it just it was a really unhealthy place for us to be and so our roles just got reversed and mixed up and when I continually like tried to steal leadership from Justin and steal um, and be like the strong arm and steal that almost like that rug out from under him of his God-given role. And I tried to do that as well. It, it almost had the reverse effect of what I wanted and it made him want to not fulfill his God-given role like even more. And well, so we just, this is this terrible, vicious cycle. It wasn't that I didn't want to fill the role even more. It's just the way that men are wired 
um, 10 times out of 10, it is going to be more effective uh, to remind me of who God made me to be uh, and the goodness in that than it is to uh, remind me of how I missed that mark, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like this empowering mindset of when Kristen said, because I'm notorious for uh, being late to things, uh, and it's not out of a sleeping in thing or whatever. It's like I just am uh, so focused oftentimes on uh, whatever I'm working on to the point that it, yeah, prevents me from making the right choice to leave earlier. Anyway, um, so don't even know where I was going with that. What was about, I talking about? Instead of yes. talking about you being late. Yeah. Quit. Yeah. So instead of her, me showing up late and then her being frustrated at me, um, when she says ahead of time, uh, just that she really appreciates, um, you know, when I'm a man of my word or that I, uh, she knows that we're going to have so much fun tonight when I get there or whatever, something, you know, more uplifting, empowering, encouraging. I'm like, okay, I got to, I got to be that man because that is who I am as opposed to feeling shame. And that's a quick little blurb about something that we'll talk about in a little bit too. But just to add that in there is like wives and this goes for husband too, but specifically wives because wives have such a, I don't want to say this in like a, I don't know, like a negative connotation, but wives just have such power over their husbands. Like we just, like our words really matter and how we treat our husbands and like what we say to our husbands they, it really matters, and I think Justin can attest to that. You know, it, it just it matters so greatly. And so if you are married to a husband who you don't feel like is fulfilling his role or he has not stepped into the God-given um, role that God that, that he needs to be living out as a man in marriage, and, you know, maybe you're spending your time frustrated or bitter, um, take it to the Lord and ask for help and forgiveness and, um, and for love and a, like a renewed adoration for your husband. But just like Justin said, is we as wives have to shift the lingo and the perspective to, um, calling them to something higher rather than, uh, kicking them where they are, um, when they're down. And so, um, and that's a, that's a big challenge to me as well, because it's easy to just be frustrated, like, you know, after the day, after the end of the day, or, you know, if something happens for like the 20,000th time or whatever it is, but that's a charge for us wives to speak into our husbands what we know that they could be because of how, how God has created them to be. Um, and speak into them on like, you know, what we desire, um, rather than just like speaking down towards them. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, I think this is a human nature thing. It's not just a a male issue, but I think human nature is prone to insecurity, um, and to not believe the truth of what God's word says about us all the time. And so, we're prone to insecurity, but men, uh, to a magnified level, um, cover that up because uh, of the whole macho Steve mindset. Um, and so, at the end of the day, everybody's <laughs> insecure, worried about what other people think about them, want those, you know, want affirmation. I mean, it's just in who we are. And so, 
but men, we internalize that. And so when we feel um, that our wife doesn't view us highly, which ultimately is respect, um, you know, it's it's adoration, respect, it's that feel, it's that feel. Kristen and I joke about it being the hard eyes emoji. So, um, you know, there are times when we're distant and I'm not living in my role. And I will literally say to her, I feel like I have not seen the hard eyes in a while. And it's just that idea of her looking at me in awe of um, not who I am, but who's God, who God has made me. And when I'm living in that, it, it uh, fires her up. Mm-hmm. So that's right, baby. Um, <laughs> and the hard eyes emoji, you know, like there, this is something that we tell couples that we have walked through uh, difficult seasons with, like marriages and stuff. Um, but is there are so many times when us as wives, like we are called to respect our husband, which we're about to dive into the roles of a husband and a wife and what that means. But there are times when we as wives will not feel respect towards our husband or not feel the hard eyes towards our husband or be, like I was saying earlier, like being frustrated. But this is this is a call for us to remember that we are to champion them and to show hard eyes towards them, even if we don't necessarily feel it. Um, or we don't feel like they are worth following, or we don't feel like they're worthy of respect. Um, And this is just birthed out of the gospel. We have to remember who God has created them to be, that God still loves them and shows grace. Now, there is a a time and a point to call out uh, and call up to a higher standard. Um, But we, as wives, can still champion our husbands and root for them and cheer for them and um, respect them even if we don't feel like they are worth respecting. Um, And it it really does change things. Um, It really... I, I really... I remember seeing a shift in Justin. And like I said, I did not do this perfectly. And I do not do this perfectly at all. This is a huge area of growth all the time. Um, But I can always tell a shift in a, um, almost like a chest puff up a little bit. Not with conceit, but just like um, with, uh, just with confidence in Justin. Whenever I um, change the way that I, uh, am a fan of him or respect him even when he knows that he might not be living in a quote-unquote respectable way if that makes sense yeah I mean I think at the end of the day we uh, oftentimes let our feelings uh, get in the way of being obedient to God's word mm-hmm. and we use that as an yeah. as an excuse and at the end of the day you have to choose adherence to biblical truth that's and good. not that you're going to get it right. It, mm-hmm. We make them make a mistake every day in that area, but we, you cannot rely on your feelings. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a really good reminder. Um, okay. So let's jump into, um, husband wife roles and what scripture says about that. And I know Ephesians five is a really big, hold on. Are we talking dinner rolls? <laughs> what are we talking about? Because that's how I interpret it. You when you said we were all... talking about roles, I thought that's what you oh, meant. Oh, marriage role. Okay, Dinner roles. I see what you're saying. <laughs> roles eaten you within so... marriage. <laughs> um, uh. But I do feel like the more roles that you eat, it's just maybe a happier marriage. I don't know. 
Um, just kidding. But um, anyway, so yeah, okay, so marriage role. So we're going to look at yeah, scripture. And Ephesians 5, very commonly read at weddings. So I'm sure that you may have heard it before. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about what those roles are and what it actually looks like and what it means and how culture twists it to make it look like some kind of psychopath, whatever, but we're going to talk about what it actually looks like. So do you want to start out with the role of the husband and what scripture talks about with being the role of the husband? I'm putting you on the spot. I believe I would like to do that, Kristen. Thank you for asking. Um, Yeah, so Ephesians 5 uh, says that the role of a husband is... um, head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of a head of the church. And these are all things, you know, I think that we've heard before, but it's interesting because the Greek word for head there, I'm not even going to try to say it, but it means, uh, is it kephale? Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of refers to that the loss of the head destroys life and that this is kind of the, the top of the order. Um, and so, uh, if we look at the life of Christ, Christ, Honestly, just I've been so intrigued these past six months or so just with the the human of Jesus, uh, the human aspect of Jesus. It's just so uh, incredible to me to think about his life, but because he's just these walking contradictions of like he's he's strong, not contradict. What's the word? Not contra- uh, um, paradox. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so he's strong, uh, but he's also can be meek and can be gentle, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it, anyway, it's just interesting. He perfectly encompasses all of that. All of it. Um, but he's not domineering or rude or controlling or selfish. Um, and so in the same way, as the head, uh, that we, we as husbands are called to lead and love mm-hmm. their wives in a sacrificial way, um, and this is my number one uh, failure point of life is selflessness. I, I can err towards that very easily, uh, most mostly with my time. Um, and I think the Lord has, work, has worked and is and will continue to work on me in this area. Um, but to if, if you read and hear that... Uh, further in Ephesians 5, uh, that he gave himself up for her, right? To lay down a life. So it talks about in Scripture that there uh, is no greater love than than one to lay down his life for another, right? And so the ult- and ultimately, women need love. And so the ultimate way that I can love my wife is to sacrifice for her. Um, and that just shows shows so much love so uh it is this idea of of authority but it's also the idea of ultimate sacrifice and service Mm -hmm. um and so it's just a crazy paradox the reality is the if a man is truly living this out and laying down their life um you you will not look at that man and think what an authoritarian. Mm-hmm. You will look at that man and think what a lowly servant mm-hmm. that he is, yeah. uh, in service of his family. And so, 
it probably i just think we think about it wrong i think Mm -hmm. the whole world thinks about this topic wrong but it's like ultimate sacrifice of everything that i want desire you know whatever in service of my family um within you know biblical conditions being met there but uh anyway i just think it's interesting that we we think of this authoritarian authoritarian is that a word (laughs) i just think it's interesting because we think of the word authority as a general and i think Mm. in reality what god's talking about here for the man would look a whole lot more um like a a a janitor than than a commander I think it can be and it needs to be at times, but oftentimes it's like, I am going to change this poopy diaper for my wife (laughs) and it is all over the place or whatever it might be. Well, I think you've done such a good job of it lately. Like, uh, at least he's, I mean, you've done a great job for years, but specifically these past, like, I don't know, six months or maybe this year of, you just done such a great job of like jumping in and helping where I need help. Um, and that always speaks so much to me, whether it's cleaning the high chair after dinner or, you know, brushing the kids' teeth or like you said, changing a diaper. It has been so much, like I've just noticed that you've taken that. Yeah. Um, and it's made me want to love you a lot. I mean, it's made me want to, like, I respect you so much. And it's just like, it's a cycle. Yeah. Yeah, same as a negative cycle oftentimes but Mm -hmm. it can also you can gain momentum and I think there's some goodness there but yeah I have three nightly chores uh Kristen (laughs) so lovingly and graciously leaves the bag of trash outside the back door for me (laughs) to take to the can uh I clean Judah's high chair uh every night and I brush the kids teeth in which every night 10 times out of 10 they argue about who gets down on the stool first who gets the most toothpaste <laughs> all that stuff uh, yeah, so but... those are my three nightly <laughs> <laughs> acts of service but you know it's it's like things like that for you know for the for the men that uh, and and it just like Justin said it can be either a negative cycle or it can either be a positive cycle and it's you know, when he does those things, I, it's just easier to respect and follow him. Um, and it just, I don't know, it feels, it just always feels like we're more like a team whenever we're just treating each other well. And anyway. Hey, Kristen, I seriously, could you tell everybody what's your perfect out about how your perfect def- definition of, uh, what a woman should be in marriage? Do you have time? <laughs> Real quick. Are you? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding. You're great. <laughs> but, uh, talk about the the role of a woman. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so in scripture, the role of the woman is we already talked about how the husband is the head of the marriage or of the household, but in scripture, it talks about in Ephesians five that the wife is to submit in everything to her husband, just as Christ submits or just as the church submits to Christ. And um, the Greek word for submit is, um, let me see if I can remember, if I can. No, it's a... <laughs> no, it's 
Hoopalasso. Hoopalasso. Um, it's a, this is a Greek military term meaning to arrange, um, like troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader in a non-military use. It was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility and carrying a burden. So, um, I love both of those because I think it's a good picture of who is in, command like and uh and there will there will be so many that will skew this like oh well she's just stuck in this marriage and following her husband that's some kind of commander and eat it whatever there you leave room for people to misunderstand you and what the bible says but it is it's a natural order of humanity it's just a natural order of how we have established things at your job you have a boss you are under your boss that doesn't mean that your boss can be rude to you. Now, sometimes they abuse power, and that's not right, but your boss is who you answer to, and they are the ones who answer to someone else. Um, you're not talking about women, only women right now. You're just talking about this general idea of authority oh, and yeah, submission. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yes, of authority and submission. It's like this is a general cultural, uh, cross-cultural. I mean, if you look at any culture from a... Um, like a tribal people who still adhere to um, non-westernized, you know, ways of living. You always see a chief or a um, just some kind of chain of command. Um, and that doesn't mean that everyone else doesn't have an important role and is not important. It's just the natural order of things. There has to be leadership. There has to be authority. Well, because God told, I mean, he told Adam and Eve to subdue it, right? And and he didn't say that just to Adam or just to Eve. He said, subdue it to the couple. Mm-hmm. And so this is a charge as a couple, uh, but how that plays out in mm-hmm. our roles is what's different. Yeah. And so um, I think, you know, obviously, obviously any responsibility or anything that we have been given can be misused. And there are definitely those examples of being, you know, of these, of, you know, men abusing their power, women uh, abusing their role. Um, And so that's the negative thing. But if we look at scripture and we obey what scripture says, you see a beautiful picture of marriage. Um, And so for women, it is our job to submit to our husband. Now that doesn't look like bowing down and saying whatever you know whatever you want you can pick out my clothes or you can whatever like and we'll get into just a second how Justin and I've kind of worked these things out since we're both leaders but um it is a it's a submission in the sense of like I trust that Justin is going to make a good decision for our family so if he is feeling restless about um I don't know, something like in our family routine that we are doing, uh, or he wants to, you know, he thinks that we should add something, you know, into our routine that would help better our family or something. Um, You know, after talking about it and having conversation, like I will submit to his authority in the sense that he has the ultimate say of what our family does. And listen, I used to stress the heck out about this because whenever he was living his dumb selfish ways (laughs) um i used to think he's gonna run our family into the ground how can i follow you know and this is not a knock on him he would tell you the same thing um we just used to both be in really unhealthy spots but 
um, is someone told me that it's like the duck and cover method of remembering that um, each person, first of all, individually answers to the Lord at the end of their life. The husband also answers to the Lord at the end of his life. And so if he decides that we're going to move across the country, and this is not something that God was like prompting him to do, we're just going to move across the country and start this new life and, you know, yada, 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 which nothing wrong with that if that's what God's calling you to do. But if it's out of like selfishness and I follow and it's terrible for our family it's I am going to submit. I'm going to I'm going to say, "Hey, I don't think this is a great idea." But at the end of the day, I'm going to submit to what he is saying that we should do for our family and I will follow him. And then I will duck and cover because if God smacks him in the face because out of discipline, then, you know, he will be the one that answers to the Lord for it. So as wives, we are to submit to our husband That doesn't mean that you don't give input. That doesn't mean that you don't have conversation. That doesn't mean that you never make decisions in the family. It just means that the husband is the leader and has the ultimate say-so of like, I will follow you. Yes, Um, and I think that's probably one of the most... We talk about this like headship and authority part of manhood a lot, but it also um, talks about presenting her. Uh, holy and pleasing to the Lord. And so the thought of, of presenting would mean that you had something under your under your care or that you were responsible for. Um, just like at work, like I give a presentation over the performance of something, one of our marketing initiatives, right? I was responsible for that and I'm here to present it to you. Uh, and so that idea scares the... Uh, what can I say on a podcast? Uh, poo-poo, uh, as Judah would say, out of me. Uh, just to think about, you know, at the end at the end of life, and I think men, we as men need to take this in greater reverence. Um, but at the end of our life, I'm going to stand before Jesus and say, here is my bride. And uh, I, I hopefully will say, she knows you more uh, because of my leadership, right? Uh, but that could go another direction. Um, so, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I just think that's a really important part of the husband role. That's really good. Um, so just, I guess, in brief summation of what we just covered is husband is the head of the wife, not in a domineering way, not in a controlling, strong arm, fist way, but in a way that Christ is the head of the church. Um, he is authority, but he is also gentle and sacrificial with love. Um, he cares for the needs of his family, for his wife. Um, he is the uh, protector and the provider. And then for the for the wife is to submit. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but... In Genesis 3, whenever God cursed Adam, Eve, and the serpent, he told the woman, the woman's curse was that there will be increased pain and childbearing, and which I felt and will feel again soon. But um, And then also uh, that her desire would be against her husband. Um, and so our natural fleshly desires as women... And that's why I think you see this, these big feminism movements, and it's not all this is, but is that 
our fleshly desire is for our desire to be against our husband, almost like combative, if you will. Like, you know, like, I don't want you to rule over me. Like, I don't, I don't want to be told what to do. And I feel that a lot. I have a rebellious streak in me. I always have. Um, and so there's a lot of in me that's like, I don't want you to tell me what to do, or I don't, I don't need to answer to anybody and that kind of thing. And so it's like a sanctification process and a submission to the Holy Spirit and, and following Jesus and letting Jesus work on our hearts that it's like a super supernatural work that we submit to our husbands. And so when we submit, we are following in the footsteps of Jesus as Jesus submitted to his father. Um, and so Anyway, so we see that the wife is to submit to her husband um, and in a, in a helper kind of way, in a cooperation kind of way. Um, and so that's just kind of a summation of the husband and wife roles. And our, our culture really takes this and screws it up and just misconstrues it and just, um, I think, doesn't understand it. But that's what scripture says is that um, the cross of Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the gift of God. Um, and so, yeah, people outside of the church and people outside of Jesus are not going to understand this concept at all. But they would, but as the church, when we live in God's design, it is what makes our marriages thrive. It's what makes our marriages work the way that God intended them. Um, one, I had two more little things at the end that I didn't say and I wanted to. One was, um, I heard recently that one of the most, uh, fulfilled lives a man will live will be in pursuit of his wife's greatest enjoyment. Um, and so just this thought of like, what does she enjoy? What, what does she need what is she you know whatever it is um but just seeking to um to you know seeking that mm -hmm. first uh, mm -hmm. instead of your own and then secondly um you know just speaking about women it's oftentimes cited you know the proverbs 31 woman uh concept but if you go and read that i think it's easy to, like for me, if I was a woman, I would read that and I would make a checklist of <laughs> everything in, that it says that is, and then I would work until I die to accomplish all those things. Uh, but it's not that. It's not a checklist of, of seemingly unattainable traits. Um, Kristen is not just a homemaker, right? She honestly is she's on the field of war and she's heroic and she's valiant. She's strong and she's strong and she's strong. Uh, <laughs> and you know, she's filled with the spirit and she's committed to the Lord. And, and as she's caring for our family and our household, um, I think she knows that she's on the front lines of God's army, um, and serving a really crucial role in this in this battle that we see in America right now for the sanctity of the family mm. and so oftentimes those heroic acts are dressed in the mundane right mm -hmm. they're dressed in the 95 snacks and uh, Judah not using his words and going uh 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 <laughs> all day long um, or uh, you know at the it, it kind of goes back to being a wife of noble character that then suits up and takes on those mundane things captive for the glory of God within 
her home. And so um, that whole concept of, of strength uh, as a woman was hard for me to overcome. But I think that has been a huge turning point in our marriage is when I was okay with your strength, right? And I was okay with you being a strong woman um, because a, there's, I think there is such thing as a Proverbs 31 man, and that's someone who is strong enough not to fear that strength, mm-hmm. uh, but rather to empower it and to praise it and to help it flourish. And so uh, if you're a man with a strong wife, don't view that you know, as a negative at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, empower that and, and praise her mm-hmm. in that. That's good. Yeah, I have two things to say that. Oh, wow, that was, those are such good points. And, you know, for the women, like, it is, you know, I think it's so fought against, and I fight against it a lot, too, of, you know, it's not glamorous to be a homemaker all the time or, um, you know, to to necessarily live out what it looks like to be a biblical woman or a biblical wife. Like, that is not culturally glamorous. Like, I don't have, you know, some paparazzi outside my door who's applauding me for cleaning up lunch for the 25th day in a row. Like, you know, it just, it's not glamorous. It's more glamorous to be a boss babe or a, you know, (laughs) some powerful... uh, whatever go get her girl and look those things are great like those things are awesome every woman has different you know we all have like if we are a follower of christ then we have a single i mean we have a um we have a mission that like it is not to be neglected like that we have been given we have been given um that we are to be obedient to and what it talks about in being a wife and being a woman but we all have different callings as well and so that's going to look differently among the spectrum and so you may run a side business and crush it or you may run your own like super huge successful business and crush it and that those things are so wonderful and so great Um, But I think that we do have a tendency to run away from the type of womanhood and like the type of woman that the Bible describes because it's viewed as weak or um, insignificant in our culture. Um, Like being a stay-at-home mom is not going to make it on the cover of People magazine or, you know, like it's not going to make it. I'm not going to make it in the top Forbes 100 or whatever. I think it's like us being okay with those things and realizing like what we're doing is important work as a wife and as a, you know, if we're, if we have children as a mom, um, to being okay with embracing those things that aren't necessarily celebrated by culture. I was just going to say, you could totally be on the Forbes 100. (laughs) For what? 100 loads of laundry? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but 100 fights in our first 10 days of marriage <laughs> for our first year was rough um because uh, but... <laughs> they can't see your facial expressions oh yeah i'm laughing <laughs> this is jovial this is sarcastic 99.9 percent yeah. fault um but i think uh, this, is, this is a good transition point to talk about like some practical things that we've done in our marriage or um things that have worked or things that we can share um with others and I think one thing I'd really love to talk about is I love what you said about 
um, acknowledging your wife's strength. And I think for, for wives to acknowledge our husband's strength, I, I really think it just goes back and forth of acknowledging each other's differences and strengths because usually, I think... 99.9% of all people I've met in their marriages um, are different personalities. And so um, I know for so long, like for the first several years of our marriage, we just spent so much time trying to change each other into who we were or being threatened by the other's strength or like being combative and not working together. And so I think it's one thing that's really practical is embracing each other's strengths and cultivating it like Justin was saying um, and so, yeah, <laughs> one way, no, you go ahead. Did you have something to say? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just funny. What I've observed is this weird cycle that I fell in love with Kristen in the beginning, uh, for the things that three years in made me the most mad. Uh, so the fact that she was strong and the fact that she was, you know, outspoken and that she was. Um, all, all these things like I, I love I love that she's kind of counter-cultural and went against the grain and all these things um, but then three years into marriage her being strong and all those things were things that were making me frustrated a lot but then it's cool because as our marriage has moved a little closer towards a healthy um, a lot healthier <laughs> yeah uh, I think that it's it's just cool seeing that come full circle again and now being so appreciative for those things and just so thankful um, and a kind of deeper love, you know, not an infatuation, but a, a deep appreciation for those things. And so that's just a cycle that I've observed in our marriage. And um, I think we try to buck, we try to buck those things a lot and we try to squash them and we try to make those things look like us. Um, but really if they're rubbing up against you that much, it's either one or two options. Option A is, uh, the other spouse is, is living in sin and they're not acting in, in according, in obedience to God's word. Or option two, they're just rubbing up against you because, uh, you need to be sanctified Mm -hmm. and you need to, uh, accept that correction. Sandpaper. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's really good. So I think the first practical thing is just to remember that you are a team and to work as a team. So um, the, the wife and the husband each have amazing giftings and God has wired us differently. And so something that we do in our family, and Justin, you can speak to this a little bit too, but it's something that we do in our family is... Uh, we ignore in our marriage is we acknowledge and we talk about like what are the things that you know I'm good at like Kristen is good at and what are the things that Justin is good at what are the things that light us on fire and like burn us with passion and we love um, or we're good at or that just naturally kind of flow into our, our giftings and so something in our marriage is like I love uh, well I love food but I love all things like health and food and cooking and so I handle our groceries and I handle the cooking and not that Justin never grocery shops and not that he never cooks, but like that is an area that I own in our marriage because I like it. 
Um, and because it's a help to Justin and it's a, I mean, I have to feed our kids, right? I mean, I want to feed them also, but, um, and so like, that's an area that I have, um, I mean, I would say complete ownership over, but then it's still in submission to Justin this sense. I'm like, Hey, is it okay? Like, you know, what do you think about this? Or not necessarily getting permission, but talking it through, like, this is a team, right? This is not a domineering peasant slave kind of like relationship it's a team and so identify what you and your spouse are individually good at and let each other run in those lanes rather than trying to figure out like oh the husband is supposed to do the finances or the wife is supposed to do the cooking if the husband loves to cook more than the wife does and he has time to do it then that's a great area for the husband to own yeah yeah um i think another really practical example of this specifically is like in parenting uh kristen is she's a lot more black and white um commitment to what is right what is true um and and honestly she's very um she's consistent in her uh and holding the kids accountable. And I have not always done a great job at that. But what I, I specifically am good at is being able, I, I think I do a good job at being able to read their little hearts and know, you know, kind of what's going on under the surface. And both of those things are so stinking important. Like if it was all discipline, right, or if it was all correction, then that would be a very rule-following, mm-hmm. non-emotional human that we raised. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was all, uh, you know, f- caring for their heart only type thing, uh, and they had and they had no discipline and had no ability to respect authority, then that wouldn't be good. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. but when we started viewing that as a positive that we are here, you know, to come together as a team and accomplish this goal. As opposed to like, well, you're not disciplined. Well, you're not being loving. Well, you're not this. Well, you're not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's been a lot more fulfilling. I think it's fair to add, though, that I do care for their hearts sometimes. No, And yeah. you do discipline. No, yeah. I know. But that's a a general like, uh, and that and that's another beautiful thing about working as a team together is, so in areas that I'm weaker in, that Justin is stronger in when we, when we work as a team, like it rubs off on each other. It's so like Justin has, you know, like he disciplines more, like he has grown in his, you know, dis- like consistency and discipline. And I have grown in my um, more of like, you know, instead of obedience or um of being like so hyper fixated on like what is right and what is true um, is, you know, stopping and, you know, caring for those um, like, you know, like listening to their hearts and what they're wanting to say. And so we like have like the Lord has sanctified us in both of those areas too. Um, Okay. So I, I think the second thing that would be really practical and it can go both ways. So this is a charge to the women. And I think you could have an equal kind of charge as well to the men. But is wives, give your husbands opportunity to lead. Um, even if you don't feel like he is worth following. If you don't feel like he is worth, um, like he is not to be the leader. Um, the Bible says otherwise. It doesn't say husbands submit to your wives only if he is worth 
following. Or it says, husbands, submit to your wife. I mean, what? It says, wives, submit to your husbands. Um, and so I think a really good way for us to practice this is to give them opportunity to lead. So even in small decisions, like if you want to, you know, work your way up and, and build your, you know, build, build up to the, to the bigger things, um, is for example, you know, um, maybe if, uh, it's an area that Justin is a weaker in, or we need to make a decision on is, Hey, I was thinking about, you know, doing this. What are your thoughts? I'm going to let you own this and I am excited to follow you in whatever decision that you make um, or something along those lines is give them opportunity to lead instead of just doing it ourselves. I know I'm a DIY kind of wife sometimes. <laughs> Do it yourself. <laughs> DIY wife. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, uh, I think even like practically, if you really want to just build momentum, it's like, anything small even like hey plant you know asking your husband to take you on a hike and following him on that hike or to plan a date and just following his lead on it not having uh super strong opinions or whatever but then it just builds this confidence within a male when you feel like you are uh acting in accordance with what your wife wants because ultimately deep down like we want to make our wives happy right Mm -hmm. and so we long, we long for that. And so when we feel like we're doing it, it just builds momentum. And so I think even just starting with little baby steps like that yeah. will help your uh, husband who's not doing those things step into that. I think you could have some really good wisdom toward, of this towards husbands too. But like for husbands to see passions or strengths in your wife and nurturing those, like and and nourishing them so wives giving our husbands opportunity to lead and then husbands nurturing and nourishing those gifts and those talents in wives and Justin I feel like you've done a really good job especially in the past maybe a couple years of seeing those things in me maybe that I don't even really see and then nurturing and nourishing and almost like letting a flower bloom if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for real, like watering the grass and taking care of the soil and just, you know, like it goes back to that sacrificial love of like sacrifice and laying down your life. And um, that has empowered me to grow in those areas that really, you know, help are helpful to you too. Yeah. Can I be honest with everyone on the podcast today? Uh, there is very little parts of me that enjoys uh, talking about different aspects of organic food or healthy living or whatever. <laughs> but I sit there attentive as all get out, acting like I know something about it. And, you know, I even try, it's funny, I try to like learn things that I know that she'll like to talk about because I know that like when I'm doing those things and allowing her to live out, different giftings that she has and affirming I'm not just being some, you know, deadbeat distant husband. Uh, it just gets her more fired up and more, you know, momentum going. So, yeah, that's true. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's fun. And it's very, I always, I always notice that you are like, Oh, he cares about the things I care about. Yeah. Like, Even though I know that you don't necessarily. Like you talking about when I uh, 
researched the 19 different kinds of kale the other day at work. No, you just, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway. Got the Norwegian kale. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think this podcast is, has been um, long enough. But I think just to kind of wrap it up, just it's a reminder that submission and marriage and working as a team in marriage is just that. It's working as a team. It is following the, following the biblical model seems, well, is so countercultural and seems so um, against the grain and what we want. But when we follow the biblical model for marriage, it it changes us. It changes our marriages. It produces is what it produces these um, thriving marriages and that doesn't mean that your marriage is going to be perfect like because you i mean you suck and i suck and we all are terrible humans that are sinful that are being changed by the lord every day and so we have to continually submit those selfish desires but when we follow the biblical model for marriage it is this like beautiful synergistic um teamwork that produces good fruit in in each spouse and um and like I said at the beginning is that we're not perfect at this but the Lord is working on us in this a lot and honestly it has felt like we've been a cohesive team for a while now Go team high five and <laughs> it's felt like we've been a cohesive team um and it's just it really has changed the game and um who's the quarterback who's the quarterback Hmm. I feel like I'm the running back. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> don't, don't talk to me like I don't know football. Oh, yeah, um, anyway, so, okay, well, that is all that we have for our episode today. Justin Young, everybody, on the podcast as a guest. Um, you, you can, God. yeah, you, you're welcome anytime. I into have my plane, studio. I have a plane to catch <laughs> to get to another speaking engagement, so I got to roll. Go. Um, in our studio. Um, anyway, so if you like this, then if you would share it and tell your friends, tell your married friends, if you would uh, subscribe to the podcast, I will be releasing some more episodes in the near future. Thank you so much for listening today, and I'll catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs>